Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Dylan Gelati. Um, Dylan, I'll just hand it over to you to kind of give yourself an introduction here to the audience. Um, but what you're doing is pretty cool working with Bulletproof. So fill everyone yeah. in. Cool, cool. Yeah, so Dylan Gelati, um, that we were just discussing how not to butcher <laughs> that name. <laughs> um, so yeah. I run sales for Bulletproof Entrepreneur. We are a mindset program, although I don't love the word mindset. We kind of go by like mind unset. So we're kind of unsetting this, the preconditioned uh, blocks and ways of being and ways of behavior that people have. So think about it kind of like an anti-personal development, personal development company. So we help mainly entrepreneurs get out of their own way, get unstuck. Um, with a series of tools and we call it mental clearing to actually clear out the mental blocks out of their mind. So just by doing that, that has led to, uh, if I get the numbers right, it's an 87% increase in focus, which is my favorite one that we've tracked. We are the only trackable and measurable mindset program in existence as far as I know of right now. Um, so an 87% increase in focus, a 47% decrease in fear, and then a 78% uh, increase in income just by going through the mindset program. So that's kind of my soft flex for the day. Awesome. Um, and then like you said that your favorite there is focus. Uh, it really allows you to get into that. Uh, we'll start with this topic, but the flow state yeah. that you experience after um, yeah. by getting into that focus. So kind of, we were talking before we uh, started recording here where you're like, Kind of felt like you're on an eight month or in an eight month flow state here. Um, <laughs> so kind of like explain that for I know a lot of people, a lot of the, the audience that they they have their moments of flow state where they're just like, oh, I'm getting everything done. And then they hit a phase where they maybe go three weeks without getting back into it. So, yeah, yeah. Good question. So ultimately, a lot of people. So everyone's trying to hack flow state like it's this like like they're going for flow state, but flow state or focus or whatever you want to call it is a byproduct of actually having no mental, like I want to call them inhibitions or blocks. Right. So um, for example, I'll just kind of like walk through kind of like a, an average call we have with somebody before they go through this process, they'll, they hop on the call and they're like, Hey, Dylan. So I, I get, I sit at my desk and I see a Slack notification. Something pisses me off. I get frustrated. Right. And we call it mental drunkenness, frustration, fear, anxiety, uh, self-doubt, uh, a little depressed, a little doubtful, all these, it's like a mental drunkenness cocktail. Right. And so when you're drunk, are you gonna be able to do anything with your business? If you're like sitting there drinking a bottle of vodka, are you going to be able to close deals write copy, make things happen. Probably not. Right. Yeah. So yeah. ultimately what people are trying to do is they're, they're taking a shot of frustration. They're taking a shot of guilt because they probably feel guilty that they just snapped on their employee. Then they take a shot of doubt because they doubt that they're going to be able to get anything done because they're already feeling buzzed. Right. And then by the end of the day, they're just hammered drunk. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to take, they're trying to take ice baths they're trying to go and do breathing techniques or trying to add a whole bunch of, you know, or nootropics or whatever you call them, nootropics on top of this. Yeah. On top of this drunk mind. And what's, what's happening is it's, it's like, it's like without all of these medications and 
techniques and breathing and all of this stuff, um, which is nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's like they're adding on top of it when they don't do that work, they're still mentally drunk. And so um, what ultimately a focused like flow state is, is just, it's just a state of unreactivity really. And so when you remove the mental inhibitions and the blocks, frustration, the mental drunkenness, all you're really left with is the real you, right? Not all of these charged emotions. It's just you and just you and reality. And then you can just do whatever the hell you want by, by your decision. So it's not really a state you get into. It's just like, that's you. (laughs) So that's the kind of best way I can put it. And so again, before recording, we talked about how deep we want to go. And I feel like this is a great segue into it because I know that um, in the course, you guys talk about how when you get down to, what is it, the the atom and a molecule and how you have the, the neutrons and protons and they cancel each other out. And so everything in reality, as long as you add the other side to it, it cancels it out. And if you have nothing there, then that means you can create anything. So let, let's kind of go down that yeah. route. <laughs> So ultimately, ultimately we have, um, we call them mental charges, all right? So they are, we all, our mind is made up of a lot of perceptions, a lot of um, perspectives. We have a, when we have a perspective, it's either we're assigning good or bad to that thing, right? It's kind of how our mind just organizes things, right? And so what happens is, we let's say for example uh just in terms of a business owner um by the way your your audience is business owners correct yes or okay got it i figured so um a business owner that uh let's say they lose like their top employee right um they're like they're like they put all this effort into them they put all of this uh all of this like they spent years with them they they're feeling grief they're probably feeling at this point resentment that like, how could they leave me? They're feeling frustrated. And what's happening is they're assigning a very negative uh, lens, we'll call it. They're seeing that event through a negative lens, right? Right. Hence and the so phrase, seeing red. Seeing red. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so what, what happens is we'll call that like, there's a multitude of charges. There's a multitude of, um, we call them charged perspectives because if it's overly negative, it's kind of like the charge of a battery, right? You have right. A, a positive and a negative. And when it starts getting overly negative, it starts getting charged up. That's, you know, that's why your hands will sweat, your heart will beat, you know, you'll, you'll really feel it, right? It's a real, right. it's a real thing. And so, um, and so we have a series of tools where when somebody like all of these types of events happen and they start stacking in the mind, kind of like a camera recording all of this stuff, but it's like, they're not dealing with it. So it's just getting buried and they do this long enough and everything it becomes this way. Um, we have a series of tools where we can actually just shift that perspective. Right? So when, as you shift your perspective, you can look at it. So now you're, instead of looking at that as a bad thing, you start looking at it as a positive thing or just a completely neutral as is event, right? And so you start adding positive to it, you can neutralize it. So ultimately what's actually happening, and this is, it's a little woo woo, but it's true. So average plugged in people will say this is not true, but when you're unplugged from the matrix, this is ultimately (laughs) what the matrix is, is pretty much we have 
all of these perspectives, all of these charges are what hold the entire physical universe together. Because if you look at it, the that exact definition that I just gave you of that perspective is a positive and a negative. Uh, it's like the structure of an atom. And that's what's holding right. together matter. And so it's just compacted energy, right? Energy in motion, which is an emotion. That's an emotion. And so all this is pretty much what's actually structuring and holding together reality. And so... Um, there's a good book that everybody here should read. Um, it's called the Kabbalion. Um, this is, I've probably read it 18 times at this point. And I saw it on talks, your story, uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> this is my 18th time reading it. Um, <laughs> and there's a, the first law is, um, I think it's the first law, but it's the, uh, it's all is mind, right? Everything is at the very fabric of reality is, is a, it's a mental, we live in a mental universe. And right. so, um, what happens is that's all matter is being created out of this. And so when you feel heavy, when you feel like guilty for something you did, or when you feel, um, you know, resentful about something or a lot of fear and it feels like a weight, well, it's because it's actual physical matter or physical universe energy in motion, right? And it's compacting together. And when we go in there and we shift your perspective and stop creating it, you can start to actually come from a place where that neutralizes it and you can come from a place of create, not destroy or not, you know, stuck, resentful, guilty, drunk perspective. And you can just come from an empty place where you're just like, okay, I can just do something at will. And so they call it flow state or whatever, but it's just a place where there's nothing in your way. So all you can do is create because there's only right. create or destroy. There's only two two options you have in this universe. So to get to dive a little bit more into detail, do you have any examples that you can give like a, a I wouldn't say maybe a real example, but just something that you can put in place there and say, this is a negative charged event, you know, with the negative perspectives behind it. How do you go in and clear it by adding the other side to that? Yeah. So for example, um, they'll just use the resentment on the, cause that's a common one, you know, best employee left. Um, well, I mean, what ultimately, and so it's more in depth than this because there's a, there's specific questions in a specific order. And the only way to really shift your perspective is to ask the right question in the right order. All right. And so each one of these tools, all of these have their own anatomy. Resentment has its own anatomy. Fear has its own anatomy. Guilt has its own anatomy. Um, and to remove guilt, to remove fear, it's going to take, it's going to require different questions. Kind of like if you're selling a product, um, you know, in, on a sales script, you have questions that are laid out in, in a right order to shift somebody's perspective from I'm skeptical and I'm not going to buy to, you know, I think I want to buy this now <laughs> because you ask the right questions in the right order. And so if you, if I give you my sales script for your thing, it's not going to work because it's the, it's different questions regardless of, you know, because they're different questions in a different order. So each one right. of these require different questions. And we've, um, I want to say crack the code on what questions those are to actually <laughs> really shift a perspective fully and entirely. But I'll kind of give you an example from this resentment perspective. If you're looking from a lens of resentment at somebody who did something you quote unquote wrong to you, um, what you can 
if you shift that perspective, you could ask the question of like, what is the actual benefit of this event happening? And so what's the good that came from this? Right. And so you could say, well, it actually, they did this and this that I didn't like. And there, you know, we weren't really able to come to a conclusion on that. Um, and so it actually gave me uh, an opportunity to actually start looking for somebody that has those qualities that I couldn't find in that person. Um, it also made me start to introspect on like what, you know, what are my flaws as a leader? And so that I can actually, you know, get better at it. And so the benefit of that is I actually found this new book about leadership that actually gave me a good um, idea that I brought to, you know, the CEO or whatever. And you start to actually look at everything. It's all the true things that actually happen from this. It's not a lie, which is the difference between like an affirmation, which is where right. you're like, like, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. You can't convince yourself of that. What you can do though, is you can convince yourself of the truth. You can only, you can see the truth of the whole thing. And when you do that, you ever heard the expression, the truth will set you free. <laughs> yeah. That's all we're doing is where if, and this is why it's called a perspective and this might get a little weird, but um, imagine if you're looking, if you're on, imagine you're on an Island right now um, and you're, you're only at sea level and you're trying to leave that Island because you're stuck there and you ran out of coconuts. Well, to, to, if you're going to look out on the horizon, maybe there's like a log or a buoy or something. And you're like, you know what? I could swim out there, um, but I won't go any further because I don't have the, a, a perspective. Right. I don't have the right perspective. Right. I can only see what I can see. But if you go and climb the freaking tree behind you or you climb up to the top of the mountain, you look out, you'll have the perspective to be able to see, oh, there's actually an island out there. Right. So the only difference wasn't the actual physical universe. The only difference was your perspective changed and you could see the whole truth, which changed your decision which actually could have saved your life. And so that's the same with all things in life is if you look at it from a higher perspective and you're looking down at the chess game, as opposed to being the pawn in it, you can make decisions f with free will, right? And you could, cause you're seeing the whole truth and it's not charging you up and pissing you off and making you feel like you're at effect to your business or your life. So, right. yeah. So, let, let's keep going down this uh, <laughs> rabbit hole here because I, I saw you did a, um, believe it was a, a live event or it might have been a workshop, but you started getting into a, a different aspect of it as well. Like as far as talking about being the chess, a chess master rather than the pawn in the game. And so what are like, I guess, some tactics going through or like mental things that you can because i know this is a big one while you're going through and trying to find the other perspectives sometimes or a lot of times rather it's really hard to do that it's really hard to separate yourself and be in that place where you said okay i'm going to just sit down and, and try to find the the opposite here and this works both ways as far mm -hmm. as with something being um having an infatuation with something as well correct yeah yeah so an infatuation is an overly positive charge yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess when you're going through to, you know, get yourself to identify that and look at the other side, what are some, I guess, tactics that you can put in place for yourself to help you get there quicker to come to the realization that you need to do this work? Yeah. So the realization. So, all right. So this is, um, 
realization comes with awareness, right? So when you have a realization or an epiphany is because you had a, a gain in awareness. And the tricky part about the mind stuff is as you go up, so there's like a scale, every, there's different versions of it, but there's a scale of emotions, right? There's your like apathy at the bottom and death. And then it goes up to the top where it's just like the enlightenment, right? Right. And so um, this is, so we'll talk about rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> this is this this is where shit gets uh, gets a gets a little weird. Um, when you as in the the problem with it, and this is why um, this is why so many people don't do it, and um, and don't do work like this, is because when you're in a lower emotional state, that's your that's the problem you would want to get rid of your awareness of it is low. So your awareness goes up with your emotional state. So, and, and I'm sure you've had shifts in awareness by going through this where you're just like, huh, I see things differently now. Right. <laughs> right. Ever, did you feel that? All the time. All the time. Yeah. And so looking back before one, you were all clogged up with charges. You probably could, you're probably thinking like, what was I thinking? Right. It's like, to give a very real experience, um, yeah. prior to doing this work, I was a very angry person. Things just fired me up. Um, yeah. Anything that I felt victim to, in a sense, even if I wasn't the direct victim, um, yeah. a big one is the things that are going on in the world and seeing things and you just, you, I would become so enraged. And after going through this, it's like, it, uh, well, again, like a totally different perspective about these things. And mm. being able to become a, a very relaxed person because you can come when you're overcharged with anger and, and frustration and you have all these this negative energy pent up, you can't really solve anything. So and, yeah. and you're you're clouding again, like you said, that mental drunkenness. So going through this, it was easy now for me to see everything for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we would call that is like you have buttons. You have, you know, you had like, there was something that every time you would see something on the news or you see something, everyone's, a lot of people are like this, where it triggers, it's like over and over and over again, they're re-stimulating one of these charges in the back of their mind. It could be something from 10 years ago, for God's sake. Right. Like it could be anything and it's just re-stimulating it. And then they're addicted to that. So they're watching it over and over again so that it keeps re-stimulating it and for, that's pretty much they're stuck on a loop that's the physical universe held together type of example there like a very small right. example it's like a it's like this thing that they can't stop doing kind of like an atom is circling around each other positive negative positive negative positive negative right and so um ultimately back to what i was saying earlier with the awareness it gets to a point where some people get so heavy or so much, they're more matter than they are uh, spirit, right? Or, you know, or, or they are of, as a being, they're more matter. Um, they're so low on like their emotional scale that they're so like, they're heavy and they can't even see. Or have you ever heard it where um, it's kind of like a, uh, somebody has an obvious problem, but they're like defending the problem. Right. Right. And so All it's like, kind of like the same example with the news, like the person watching the news over and over again, is they're defending the stimulation that they're getting. 
right? Because ultimately it's a decision to be there. All of these right. charged up emotions are decisions to go down in it and play in the matrix and get stuck, right? And so they're doing that. And so for for somebody to like want to change, um, and this is a good topic because we're, you know, this is how I sell people into this, uh, into this program, is you got to bring them up the emotional ladder, essentially. And so if somebody's in like a depressed, like, bleh, state <laughs> um right you got to bring them you got to like first you got to bring them up to more of like a like a doubt state you know like doubt that this is like a good way of life and then you got to bring them up to a fear state where like what happens if they don't change and then you got to bring them up to like is now a good time to change why like put your foot down let's make a change right piss them off right agitate right. we call that the band of antagonism and then you bring them up to a place where they're bored and then they're just like huh i guess i'll just make a decision right and but that's but their awareness is going up as they're going up in the emotional state so they have to be aware of the they have to become like as their awareness increases of the problem their emotional state increases or as their emotional state increases their awareness of the problem increases so it's a it has to happen and so but the problem is people are so unaware that they won't look for help there there right. won't be a way out you know and so that's where it gets dangerous is when they start going really low and so um yeah <laughs> so i heard uh just this past week i was listening to um a speech given by marcus luttrell uh the lone survivor and he was i mean he's not really in any business situations but he said you know just looking at life for what it is because someone was asking him about his experiences being the the only one trapped on the um i think he was originally on the mountainside and falling down the mountainside and the whole story um and like how he dealt with all those experiences when he came back and, and everything and he said well when you look at life life is a game and he was saying you know most people he goes especially if you're in business you know you you're you know what you what you have to do or the first thing you have to do is go get that awareness of what to do so read read books listen to podcasts listen to you know all these things but he was saying what people don't realize in today's society especially with and uh the internet and social media is that all of these things in life are distractions they're like if you're imagine playing a video game an open world video game when you have one main mission but you have all these thousands of other side missions that you keep going to do you're never going to complete the game and you're never going to get that level of success gta but people yeah but people don't realize that they're getting stuck in these side missions they don't realize that they're going off and getting stuck on social media for hours at a time they don't i mean yes they understand that they're doing it because they're actually doing it but they don't realize what they are missing out on because they're doing it they don't realize that they're causing themselves not to do something and then when they you know wh whatever it takes a couple weeks or months or maybe it's january 1st or, or, or new year's eve okay i'm gonna set this um this goal um, new year's resolution that i'm going to go to the gym or i'm going to go do this and they fall off a week later or a month <laughs> later whatever it is yeah. and they don't know why and it's because mm. they keep getting caught in these these loophole or these um what do you call them like like footholds um so how then again like i know this is kind of what you 
you guys do, like you said, you got to bring up that level of, of awareness. But how do you even get someone to become aware before they're aware of you? If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so many people are stuck in that heavy state. How can they even elevate themselves just enough to start looking? And then they are able to find you and get on call with you. And then you keep, can continue the, the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you might've had the experience. I mean, I had the experience, you know, um, ultimately I, uh, I mean, I was, I was screwed, man. Like I was pretty, I think, it, <laughs> I think it really, it just gets to a point where it gets too painful. Um, you just gotta like, it just gets too painful. Um, down there and you're just like the game has gone on long enough i gotta i gotta i gotta play a bigger game um and so ultimately i would say just pain like the reason why we have all of these painful emotions is to motivate us really right to do stuff right that's like a big part of it and so um all of this stuff happens so that we can actually it's, it's kind of like a cattle prod to get us into action. Um, the problem is, is it can get to be too much um, or we just get too reckless and it just gets, it, imagine having like every tab on your computer open and then it's just, you know, bombarding you. Um, you get lost in it, you know, you can get lost right. in, in your mind. And uh that's ultimately what people are have where people are at in their awareness is they're so lost they don't even know what's going on because it's like if you had like a thorn in your foot for 10 years it's like you would you would forget that it hurt or you would feel like the pain is normal that's how right, it's supposed to right. be um that's a big great analogy for the mind because most people believe that these states are what it's supposed to be that's like right let that's life and then they're told the, this, that and reinforce that it's held together by the news and the politics and the matrix that's in the propaganda so yeah. people are held it's it's reinforced so i mean you have to everyone saying problem. this is this is who i am you know that that statement alone it's like well is it though or is it just your perception of who you are so i'm just a fearful person that's just the type of person i am or i'm just an <laughs> angry person um, I'm just an Eeyore type, a low energy person, everyone. And that's where it gets slippery. It becomes a slippery slope as people identify with it. Right. Yeah. Right. They really identify with it. So I, I guess this is going to be a little bit more personal. I know you can't really, um, talk about specific or I guess the, the specifics, but in doing this and i guess in your personal life and then in the lives of other people that it has greatly affected um what are the greatest shifts that you've seen like from absolute worst case scenario to what someone has become afterwards just in general or me uh i mean either or whatever you're comfortable yeah. with sharing yeah so um honestly there's we've seen it all at this point like we there's like i don't think there's hasn't like we've had every type of like just the heaviest shit you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just like, wow. Like it, there's some stuff out there that people have gone through. Um, you know, I think kind of the biggest, uh, I think one, we had a testimonial the other day where 
a guy um, has been on like antidepressants for so long, like for years. And um, he's like started to, for he forgot to take them. And like, he just stopped like, he stopped like reactively reaching for them. And he's like, Hey, it's been a month and I haven't taken antidepressant and I'm not depressed. <laughs> so he, he like got rid of, he didn't, he told his doctor and his doctor was all worried. His wife was all worried. And wow. he's like, I don't, but I don't need it. Like I feel right. great. And, um, he hasn't taken them since. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was like a big one. Like a guy that was just depressed was fine. He's just, he's yeah i thought i thought that was a cool one because um so many people are so like there's this belief of like the chemical imbalance and all of that um i don't believe that uh you know not a bit i just i've, I've learned way too much about this stuff and i've seen that like it's really pushed that like you, you got to be on medication anti-anxiety right. anti depression and there's multiple cases you know where people have gone through this work and all it really was was just a perception of a thing that they felt like they couldn't control in their life or something that they felt effect to for so long when they actually shifted their perspective of it and confronted it their mental state changed drastically and they didn't need the band-aid <laughs> well, so yeah this maybe it's diving into something a little different here, but, and, and again, I'm not advocating for uh, pharmaceutical companies at, at, in the slightest, but when they say that there's that um, imbalance that, that someone has and they, they need to, uh, I mean, there's, there's many different hormonal imbalance or this imbalance, that imbalance, they go on and on. But could it be that because a person has adapted to this perspective for so long and they just feel that this is who they are that when they do take tests the doctors are correct in saying that because um the more and more that we learn about the body is that the, the mind controls everything so therefore i mean if you look at someone with multiple personality disorder they are really that other person and then they can switch and become a completely different person then they they really are that person when you hook them up to machines and, and monitor their mind, yep. which is crazy to think that our, we have that power inside of us to be able to do that, that how powerful yeah. the mind actually is. So in that case, it's, it's like, they're not wrong in saying that, but the, the cure for it is not to add something into your body to give you a fake, um, I guess, stimulant of whatever you're lacking. It's you have to find what's inside of you that's causing that lacking yeah. and take it yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, um, like they thought I had heart a heart condition, um, like because I I was so stressed and so anxious beyond belief. Like my resting heart rate was like like eighty nine or something. It was like really high. <laughs> like it was too high. And they were like, yeah, man, like, like, and then I had this thing where when I would breathe, my heart would flutter. Um, and so I don't know what they called it, but they, yeah, like I had like, my heart was, was not good. <laughs> was it um, a long QT syndrome? I have no idea. Okay. I, I, it was... I have a, a story to tell on when you're finished okay. here, but. Okay. Yeah. So it was whatever thing where you your heart beats really fast or whatever but after yeah. i did this work i was just curious i was like 
I haven't like felt it because it used to be where I could like hear it. It was like do 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 do. And um, like before any like a sales call or before like like just when I was doing anything, like it would just like my phone would ring. I'd go, <gasps> you know, <laughs> it was just <laughs> I was just the jumpy little little shit. <laughs> and so after I did this work, I tested it one day and it was like sixty two. <laughs> it was like it was like athlete level. Like just resting heart rate was so low. Like I was like, all right, I I don't. Yeah, it was like I was good. And um, so to answer your question, um, pretty much like, yeah. So uh, there's a good uh, movie called, I think it's called Down the Quantum Rabbit Hole, where it talks about okay. like quantum physics and like the mind. Um, and there was a good one where they basically went into like the brain. And so there's like this confusion on what the mind is versus what the brain is, right? And so a lot of people, they say, oh, my brain did that. Or like they say this physical flesh ball in my, in my head is like responsible for my actions or right. you know, I have a brain disorder, so therefore I can't think, right? And so, um, and John uses this example a lot um, where he says, he's like, you know, go online and you can actually see that there's like examples of there's like people who are like born with like half their freaking head. Like, like they right. have no, like, it's like their brain is really messed up. Like, but like they're there and they're a being and they can have a conversation with you and me. And so it starts to get kind of like, what, what is it then? Like, where, where did that come from? And so ultimately what's going on is there's, there's somebody in there controlling it. Like literally right. like you're, there's a, you're a being in a brain, like with a mind controlling your, you, you know, right. your, your flesh vehicle. And so, um, and that could be called the, the soul or the spirit or, I you. mean, I know you got you, you, yes, but ultimately <laughs> like for people who are trying to, I guess, use terms, yeah. the, the scientific terms, it would be considered the soul or the spirit, or I know there's another term out there where I can't remember what it is, but, um, it's that when they, they did a, a breakdown of the human body and they accounted for every piece and every physical aspect of it and there was still a percentage missing. And they're like, we have everything. This is every, and it's like, oh wait, it, it would be the soul or the you, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, well, so what it is, is the, um, is the, is it's the, the reason they can't, find it or track it or identify it or see it it's because they're trying to measure like spiritual universe uh phenomena with physical universe tools right, right. they're looking with microscopes and they're looking with they're they they're seeing the effects of the being doing something and so um ultimately in the in the quantum rabbit hole uh uh movie they they basically say okay what happens is like in our brain is the perspective that we have like if we are afraid of something it's going to trigger off hormones that are going to trigger that are going to get sent through our body so we know that we have a that there is a fear there right but it's what's what's happening first is it our brain triggering off hormones or is it our perspective of the thing in the external reality what comes first? Well, what comes first is the is the mind, 
is is you perceiving it that way and creating a negative charge which is triggering off the hormone which is triggering off the flush in cortisol and uh you know an adrenaline and that's flushing through your body and it's damaging your tissues right if if it's right. prolonged long enough right and so what most people are doing and or if you have a depression charge if you're constantly disappointed um and you're living in it it's going to damage you like it's right it's going to damage you you can't live there forever all right and so what they do is they give you some stuff to handle the hormones and to handle the chemicals and to handle the effect of the perception that you had so that's ultimately what's happening you know? right right so uh i know we have to wrap up here shortly um but i just just to go back to the the heart condition um so yeah. when i was born i was diagnosed with long qt syndrome which is um there's a a skip in the beat between the q and the t um wave i guess you can say mm -hmm. and when i was born it was still fairly new they weren't sure what exactly it was how it could be treated um now they have all kinds of uh testing that they can do and how to prevent it or you know maintain it um so basically since day one i was put on a, a beta blocker because they were under the impression that if my heart beat too fast, that it could continue to um, beat faster and faster and then eventually just explode and mm. I would die. So mm. I wasn't allowed to play any physical sports, no football, no basketball. I was able to play baseball because it was very limited running. Um, long story short, because of that, my childhood in a sense kind of sucked because it was always like my parents, and, and this is like horrible, um, when my parents left the hospital with me, the, the nurses looked my mom straight in the eye and was like, don't let him cry. Like, how are you going to not let a baby cry? Like, that's what oh they do. God. So um, because of that, like my parents for a long time until they figured out what this was, um, kind of came from a place of like always panicking and worrying if something was going to go wrong. And that kind of bred this I guess this worrying state or this panicking state that I kind of grew up with. Um, mm. And so pretty much until I was like 18 or 19, I kind of just had this uncomfortable feeling every time I, I went out into the world or always like edgy. And um, like you were, you were saying how you're kind of like, I don't know, just yeah. um, squirmy. Yeah. Very squirmy. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was, I guess when I was, 19 i think 18 or 19 um so i'd been on these beta blockers ever since but because of that um they were slowing my heart rate down and it was actually causing me to not be able to pump blood um properly throughout my entire body so like my fingers oh, would go wow. numb in like 30 degree 40 degree weather all kinds of crazy things um i would oh man i got really into uh working out and I started yeah. lifting all the time and I wasn't making any gains. In fact, I'd work out for two hours and I wouldn't sweat and I'd be working out hard and I wouldn't sweat. Oh man. Um, oh, man. so one day I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. And I stopped taking the beta blockers cold Turkey, which was a really bad thing to do. Um, and you should not do, and I do not recommend <laughs> Not medical <it>. advice. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, actually like I could have probably, I should have probably died. Um, yeah like a week into it my heart started like freaking out and i was getting all kinds of palpitations so i was like okay maybe that was stupid i started taking just like half doses 
and then quarter doses, like on my own. Now you're supposed to get a doctor to help you do this and all. But after like three weeks, four weeks, I was good. Then I was off and I was, and I haven't been on since. Um, And since stopping that, it it was kind of like this stepping into a new version of myself where I'm like, no, I'm not going to let that define me. I'm going to be who I want to be. And I'm like, I don't need those things to live. Um, Yes. So maybe my heart isn't the strongest or maybe I have this uh, disability in the heart, but I'm not going to let that prevent me from being the person that I am. And now I work out and it's like, I think because my body was trying to overcompensate for when I was working out on the medication now, and a lot, a lot of my friends get mad at me for this, but like I can work out for two weeks and get completely ripped and they, it takes them months. <laughs> to, to get, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so there are benefits to it. It's like, but, just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that being said, um, there's definitely this like, stepping into a a different version of you not letting other things define you and that's why i love the the bulletproof program so much because it it goes in and it takes away everything that you you know it could have been like i said since birth that you were living in a household that kind of structured this fear or this jitterness not that it was any fault on my parents or whatever but this is what they were told by uh uh, authorities what we'll say that um so if you can just get to that point and say, no, I'm a human being. These are, I know my core values. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I'm going to not let anything else define me, get that all out of my system and continue my life, you know, clear headed. Um, it's the changes pretty miraculous. Like they say, you know, there's, there's miracles in the sense that people do things that we can't understand. And then there's miracles in the sense that people normal people do things that we think is impossible but really the impossibility is just a limit that we're putting on something because we're not willing to do the work mm, dude that's fucking yeah. awesome that's awesome <laughs> really so. what that what had like the anatomy of that the actual like the structure of how anybody can take this to anything in life is you believed it stronger than the belief or opinion of somebody else and so there's this like, you know, the old like woo woo stuff is like, it's like belief creates reality. And we right. basically set up beliefs so that we can have agreements with other people so that reality can stay sturdy. And right. so as soon as we, but like pretty much there's layers of beliefs that we have. And as soon as we just start pushing and like, it's hard to shift a belief, right? It's hard to really like start to believe something else which is ultimately what you do with charge clearing is you just start to believe the truth. And so um, when you start to push it, it takes some bravery, you know, it probably probably wasn't easy to like stop taking a life supporting medication. (laughs) You know, it's probably scary (laughs) as hell. Um, But you, but like like, you were saying earlier about how that fear or anger that drives us to do things, I was getting so angry of feeling uncomfortable by taking this, by not, yeah. you know, in thir- in 40 degree, in actually, this is a true event. In spring, when we would start baseball, I was pitching and it was like one of those cold days where it still hasn't broken out of winter yet. And I'm on the mound and I couldn't grip the ball because my fingers went numb. And I was like, that's oh it. I got to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you believed and therefore, like, it's like you're, 
I, I have we have this our first golden rule, uh, and you've seen it, uh, is in intending, right? Intend to win always, right? And so when you um when you do anything, you have just this intention. It's like a there's I'm sure you've seen it in your life where you have just a strong intention. You're just like, I am going to do this and nothing's going to stop me. Every, the whole physical universe bows to that. Like because right. and if there's no hesitation in your mind is because you believe it's stronger than the physical universe or the influences around you, it's really hard to like, it's really hard to, to fight against that. And so um, anything in life, you know, uh, if you feel like you can't build a business or you feel like you can't, um, you can't be get good at sales or you feel like you, whatever it is, um, if you just like intend this, you just say, Hey, I'm, I don't give a fuck how it happens. I'm going to do it no matter what. All of a sudden, you just start like seeing the opportunity. You're just, shit's going to light up and you're just going to see all of that. And the only thing that gets in the way of that is those mental charges, which was, makes sense when you clear all that stuff out. You just become an intention machine. <laughs> right. And right. So then you just make better decisions and your life gets better. So, <laughs> well, I think we, we should wrap up on that because that was a, a great. You know, just for anyone that needs to do that in their life, if they're if you feel like that you are lacking in some area or, you know, whether it's building a business and you can't seem to get ahead or, you know, whatever it might be for you, then maybe you need this in your life. Just clear some charges and, and just become a creation and intention machine. Um, yeah. So for those people listening, how do they get a hold of you? How do they get into the program? What does that look like? Yeah, Dylan Gelati on Facebook, and then join our group. It is Seven Figure Mindset Secrets. Uh, Seven Figure Mindset Secrets for coaches, consultants, and course creators. That's the name of the group. Um, pop in there, and then in the notes or in the questions, just say where you found us from. Uh, you know, this awesome podcast. Just say, and then, um, <laughs> and then we'll, uh, you know. We'll know where you came from, but yeah, join the group. And we have about, we have like 30 hours of free trainings at this point um, that you can just get access to for free to actually see what we got going on and then um, hit us up directly or stay in the group, whatever you want to do. But yeah, that's the group and that's uh, where you can find me. Awesome. Well, I loved our discussion today. I had a lot of fun and yeah, I'm especially awesome. diving into the, the woo-woo stuff. So <laughs> thanks for inviting me brother this was fun let's uh come down the rabbit hole anytime you like 